distortion. Welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion. My name is Brando, episode number 443. Welcome, Mr. Gus G. How are you, sir? Hey, I am fine. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Happy Valentine's Day. Am I I keeping you away from your special someone? No, not at all. She's at work, actually, so I'm I'm home alone. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) I actually just had a quick uh, bite to eat with my with my wife and my 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 nine month old son. Uh, Oh. We had some uh, some Mexican food. He got it all over his face, but now we're back. <laughs> That's good. I know it's great, but we're back for a little taste of Greece. Actually, some, some Greek food, I guess. That's my terrible segue. Hey, have, have you have you have you tried Greek food before? You shouldn't ask me because I have the palate of a ten year old. So I like chicken <laughs> fingers. Like when I, the Mexican food, I got like just grilled chicken. So yeah, uh, I'm not a gyro i'm not a sour cream guy yeah but the thing is gyro or gyros gyro uh, yeah gyro (laughs) um i mean that's like our fast food that's our that's like our mcdonald's oh really basically okay so yeah i mean there's there's uh (laughs) greek you should try uh, greek cuisine if you get a chance uh like in a restaurant at some point i mean i love mexican too you just mentioned it but and uh and that's one of my favorites too Uh, okay yeah no, my wife eats everything, so I'll, I'll tell her that. I'll tell her Gus G told me to try uh, Greek food. Uh, but it's with that, since my, my early uh, mispronunciation of I, the American way, the New York way of saying gyro, it, hero, hero, <laughs> hero, <laughs> hero, feel free to make fun of me because my what I do, we have uh, on the Appetite for Distortion, sometimes we have listener co-hosts. I like to give my followers the same opportunities that I have to interview rock stars and people we admire. And so we have uh, with us also from Greece, Connie. Connie, how are you? How, even though it's uh, Connie is short, just like Gus is short for your Greek name. <laughs> What's going on, Connie? Is your mic off? I don't hear you. Yeah. I don't hear you, bud. Yeah, I don't hear you. Well, while he gets that situated, Connie, uh, how how would you pronounce his uh, full name? Poly, Polychronus? Polychronus. Poly, yeah. Polychronus. Okay. And what's the elongated? Because I know Gus was short for... Uh, it's always interesting with... The Greek language is so beautiful, but just to shorten it it's, to, to, to America. It's hard. Yeah, it's, 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 hard. it's hard language, you know? Um, a lot of weird grammar and um and the names are long so they have to shorten it for for uh you know like the the, the greek immigrants that went in the 50s and 60s i guess to america they they shortened their names yeah well i guess i well first for me i shortened my name by one letter so can you Brandon, hear me now i can there we go there we go yeah okay all good, good. Oh, so i was gonna say because we shortened my name just from brandon to brando but if you guys feel like talking Greek to each other, if you want to make fun of me for my mispronunciations <laughs> of stuff, that I'm just a dumb American, feel free. We're always three friends hanging out. Why? Why did you? Why did you shorten your name from Brandon to Brando? 
to make it more Italian like or no it's uh it's it's a, a quick funny story because we got to talk about firewind and so many things going on in the Gus world but uh I've been in the radio business for maybe 20 for 20 plus years so I started yeah. out in college and just to, instead of being Brandon Weisler son of a dentist on the radio everyone has their cool rocker name you know right so one day in and this was in high school someone goes brando that rhymes with commando so <laughs> all throughout my head i had a heavy metal show in college i was brando the commando but once i graduated <laughs> and got professional i dropped the commando stuck with brando girls like calling me that so I, I I stuck with it. So that's my because it probably game. probably reminds him Marlon Brando, which is you know he's a badass. So that's a, that's a good that's yeah. a good uh, stage name. There. I, yeah. I get that too. I definitely get that too. Yeah. Uh, it's but it's I wish that was the reason, but no, it's it's a whole long boring <laughs> boring thing. Uh, so, hey man, I mean I I mean I I made my, I turned my name to Gus G because I wanted to be the Kenny G of heavy metal, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> no, not the Warren G, not the Warren G. No, okay, no, just the Kenny G of heavy metal. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I love that. That's funny because I had somebody ask that obnoxious question, even though it was funny. Shout out to Ken. Was he named after Kenny G? Sure, uh, but I have some other fan questions coming for you later. That's why Connie is here also to kind of represent the fans. So let's kind of just go right into it with 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 Firewind. This uh, it's your tenth studio album, Stand United, which is coming out uh, March first. How does that feel when you're done with an album? Do you like? Are you excited? Are you nervous? What's kind of the the mood when you're kind of ready to share your this creative process with your fans and the rest of the world? Um, yeah, it's um, it's a little bit of both, I guess. Of course, I'm excited to release a new album, and of course, I'm nervous because I want I want uh, people to to like it as many people as possible, and I and not only that, I want I want the music to reach as many people as possible because. You know, it's just so hard to reach everybody today, even though we have all the tools. It's just, there's just so much information out there. So, um, you know, uh, it's a little bit of both, uh, but it's it's an exciting time for sure. It's an exciting time. It, like it, like we've done, like this is our 10th album and it, I feel like it never, that feeling never gets old, like finishing the, the product and then just kind of like unleashing it out there, you know, letting people you know, checking it out and see what they think, how with what what it makes them feel, and if they like it, if they hate it, or whatever. It's it's always like interesting to me. How long did it take to make this record? It took a while. You know, we took our time because we were on tour a lot last year, and um, and and you know, like we we finished drums. Like we went, we did drums in like one session, January two thousand twenty three. Then we went on a tour. And then came back from the tour and then I went on a solo tour. So we didn't have time to really start working on it like late April or no, May. So by the time we tracked everything like guitars, vocals and whatnot, it was like somewhere in during summer. And then we were playing festivals and so every, basically just to make, to make things shorter, like, yeah, like it took a while. It took a few months to okay. get it all together and it was a little bit nerve-wracking because i'm used to the old school model where you just go in a studio and you just record everything like in one or two months and then get out 
but this this also gave us the opportunity to check out some other details you know work on lyrics a little bit harder and vocal melodies and take our time to finish it so yeah to get back to your question yeah, it took us like about i don't know eight months to get it together where do you start as i guess as a guitarist do you start with the riffs because it's going to depend on the artist that i talk to of course if it's a lead singer if it's a drummer mm -hmm. do you start with the riffs and then expand upon that and like okay i can hear this kind of drum with it this kind of sets this mood so maybe this kind of lyrics for this like how, how does it mm -hmm. how does this fire when song start pretty much like you say yeah with riffs like i'll have a couple of riffs put them together and then i'll i'll put it down you know just like a start a blank session on on a pro tools or something and you know put on the click track and then play the riffs and then basically start constructing constructing the song from there like program drums and then put the bass on whatever and then i'll when i have a couple of like then i then i'll work on the arrangement like elaborate on the arrangement and see where it takes me like it'll start from one riff or two riffs and then see where that goes you know is any of those parts but do they make a good chorus like or how do i imagine the chorus or how adventurous can i get with this or and whatnot so so you can yeah i sit on it a little bit you know then i i uh i I build up the track, the backing track, and then I send it to the singer. And then um, by that time, I'm, sometimes I have like a, a vocal idea or a working title. And I'll send it to the singer and, and wait for him to get back to me with some vocal lines. And then we go back and forth until we finalize it. Okay. Okay. You know, Connie, I'm curious because with Gus, I'm sure you, you've heard this, that you know most people, Mila fans found you and discovered with you with through Ozzy. I mean, you obviously mm -hmm. have this, this long career doing with, with Firewind and, and collaboration. But Connie, since he's from your, your area, you know, I, I guess I should figure this out. How far away, like, Gus, where are you from in, in, in Greece? And Connie, where are you from? And, like, when did you first hear about Gus? Were you a, a local legend before all this happened, you know, uh, conquering the world? Yeah, basically, we all knew who he was before he joined us. <laughs> we, everybody in Greece who's into music, of course, knew who Gazette was. Because also, not only because of Firewood, but also because he played, I think he played on an album by Rotting Christ. Am I correct about that? With Saki. I, I, played a, I played a solo. I played a solo, not a full oh, okay. album. I, I did a lot of solos for a lot of people in the earlier days. And like, yeah, Rotting Christ and different people. Yeah. and But uh, yeah, in Greece, we were already kind of like known uh, the band was known yes. already. We had, we were already playing like bigger size venues and we're already, um, yeah, yeah, it was, it, the, the band, the band started to, I mean, we, we already had a little bit of a following in, in Europe and Japan as well. And so, but yeah, I'm from Thessaloniki, by the way. So uh, I, uh, me and Connie, we are, you're in Athens, right? Athens, yeah. Yeah, so we are so like we're, we're from like five cities, hours away. But yeah. Oh, okay. Shows what I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like when someone asks me, like, "Oh, I know somebody from New York. Do you know uh, them?" No, New York. Oh, dude, is you. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I get that a lot. I get that a lot. It's like, hey. Do you know Yorgos from Greece? I'm like, yeah, but that's like there's like four million people named like that. <laughs> Growing up, was it different in? Uh, in Greece, as far as who your your idols could be, was it 
was there a certain uh, local talents that perhaps uh, we weren't aware here in America that were a particular influence on you? Like who were your influences growing up? Did it make a difference being in Greece and shaping your sound or were you finding people in a, you know, the American guitarists, English guitarists, wh- where were you looking for, for inspiration as a, as a little Gus? Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, you know, when I was growing up, I was really into like, um, you know, my, my father had some rock vinyls and stuff. So I, like the first rock guitar player I, I heard was Peter Frampton out of all people. So, and Peter Frampton probably never played in Greece. So <laughs> I think my dad had just brought that vinyl when he visited uh, my uncle in the States in 77 or something. Oh, wow. And uh, so, yeah, and I was I was into like stuff like that, Peter Frampton and the Eagles, and then I, you know, the Beatles and stuff. And then I discovered the hard, hard rock stuff and heavier stuff. Okay. And right around that time, it was like the time of MTV, like early 90s. So, I think anybody who's around my age remembers that time and we would watch like all, all the bands that were popular at the time, which was the grunge stuff, like to begin with, like Nirvana and Soundgarden. And then it was also like Metallica and then and, and Guns N' Roses and stuff like that. So for me, first I got into that. And then like a bit later, I realized, oh my God, there's like also some, like uh, Connie was mentioning Rod in Christ which is a Greek black metal band. Mm-hmm. And then somebody told me that in high school, like, oh yeah, these guys are Greek and they are signed to a label in Germany. And I was like, wow, is that possible? Uh-huh. Does that even happen? Like we have bands here from Greece that play this. Like it was like, I totally unknown to me that I thought this, this only existed in German in, in uh, sorry, in, in England mm-hmm. or in America. I like so, it. I like yeah. hearing those stories. Cause you're right. I, I'm so, biased and just with being in New York and everything is so tangible and close and you know people make it from New York I'm from Long Island I mean every comedian ever is from Long Island so it's 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 awesome to hear that and and the inspiration yeah. uh, that you probably have because, provide uh, other kids from Greece to grow up and make it also uh, we have to mention that uh, Gus probably read it on a uh, heavy metal he- uh, metal hammer magazine which he's on the cover this month oh yeah yeah <laughs> oh yeah yeah <laughs> like yeah. that's no big yeah, well, deal <laughs> no it is a big deal it is i mean you know like uh, metal hammer is a, is a global brand and you know the yeah we have the, but the it's Greek kind of an of institution over here it's a, a big thing yeah. it's a big yeah. magazine yes yes oh, absolutely. um but yeah like to, to 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 go back a little bit into this like for me it was um I, I didn't know of any local scene. You know what I mean? Like it was, you're talking about like making it, you know, making it uh, like out of a small town in America or something. Like imagine trying to make something like that, like internationally from a small country like Greece. Um, like th- like these things were like for us, for, for kids like me, was just like mind blowing. Is like everybody would tell you it's not possible. There's no way. There's no way you can make it from Greece. Nobody will ever listen to your tape, to your CD. Like it was like those kind of stories and um, growing up. But uh, you know, so, some there were some Greek metal bands, like especially like in the extreme metal, like in black metal and stuff like that, like Rod in Christ and well, Septic Flesh and bands like that. And then I, I found out about them later on. But yeah, like my influences as a guitar player are primarily like, you know, guys from. Uh, 
guys like um, you know Tony Iommi and uh, and uh, and Ingrid Malmsteen and Gary Moore and you know British American and Swedish. probably the guys from Halloween. Right? Not as much really. I was I was more into Scorpions, you know, rather than Halloween. So I was yeah. more into the hard rock stuff. I was I'm, I'm big on Uli John Roth and and Michael Schenker. So yeah, that was more yeah. like my thing. You, you mentioned, I'm glad it came up organically, uh, Peter Frampton, because you've gone on record saying that he was kind of the inspiration to get you playing guitar. And it's so funny, because of course the uh, the nominees for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame have been announced. And Peter Frampton's, I don't know if you saw this on Twitter, had the most amazing response. He's like, oh, what an honor. Oh, wait, I wasn't in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame already? <laughs> I didn't see that. No, <laughs> he like he's like I'm so honored. Like, wait, I wasn't in this already, and he's I didn't think about that because he's just a name that you just assume is in there. So I You're guess right. I'm, I'm just curious because um, everyone talks about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and you know, uh, it's like the same conversation over and over again. I guess if you do have an opinion on it, and do you think maybe in a weird way, this is almost good where we get all of our favorite artists slighted every year because we get to talk about them again and put them in the forefront. It's, or I don't know. I'm trying to put a positive spin on it because how is Peter Frampton not in the rock and roll hall of fame already? You're right. When I saw the list this year as well, well, let me start by saying, I don't really follow those lists and stuff. It just showed up on my feed now this year. And because I saw Ozzy was on, on, on the right. list. And Ozzy then I was like, this year. Yeah. yeah. And then I saw the list and then I saw, Peter Frampton, I'm like, I thought the same thing. I'm like, how, how is it possible that that guy's not in there yet? Um, <laughs> yeah, but um, I don't know. Like, it's, it, I think, who, who said it that it should be called the Music Hall of Fame, not the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Because the list is not even like, there's only like two rockers and then the rest is just like uh, maybe like uh, pop singers or. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of people have said that, um, but they defend it. You know, rock and roll has a lot of roots. But you mentioned Ozzy. It's funny. My wife just mentioned it to me today. She's like, Ozzy isn't in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Well, he's in with Black Sabbath. She, Black Sabbath. She is with Black Sabbath. He's yeah. not in solo. So I, I know you've been asked this, but is that something that, because you say you, you don't follow, but, I mean, working with Ozzy, it's he how is he not as a solo he kind of is there a way to like how do you how do you look at ozzy versus black sabbath i guess like because they're both deserving to be in there i think every rock fan knows that yeah i also think that it, it's it's pretty crazy that Ozzy's not in there uh as a, as a solo artist yet i mean he's in there with sabbath but not as a solo artist i mean not that this takes any like does this take away anything from Ozzy and what he has offered to music overall? No, I mean, no. It's, 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 I guess in the end of the day, it's, it's a list, you know, like, um, I don't know. I don't know if it, what, what it means to, 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 for them or, I mean, or for the fans for that matter. Um, I mean, we know what Ozzy means <laughs> and, and who he is and how much we love his music and how much he's, he's, he's influenced everybody, um, and how important he is as, a, as an artist. Um, yeah, but I hope he gets it. Really, I mean, this this year, I hope he gets in there, man. He's uh, he really deserves it. Shut the place down if they don't put Ozzy in. Just shut it down. <laughs> I guess yeah, I don't. Yeah. He should be the logo outside. You know. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 
you know, do you remember the first time you met him? What that conversation was like, and 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 did he oh, yeah. kind of live up to the hype of Ozzy? Uh, yeah, I mean, he. Well, the first time I, I actually spoke on the phone, he, I, I they flew me in into LA for the audition, and uh, I just gotten off like a twenty-hour flight, you know, flying from Thessaloniki, Greece, to LA. It's like with the connections and stuff, it takes forever. It's a long flight. Uh, I got. I, I was gonna go into in LA for to audition for like I was in town for 24 hours and then back home to Greece again. Uh, so I get off the plane, get in a car, go to the hotel, and as soon as I check in, they put me in this really nice hotel. And I, I check in and I'm like, I, I really gotta pee. <laughs> and like I, I go to the, as soon as I check in my room, I just drop my bags and go straight in the bathroom and. As I'm peeing, like the the phone rings, and there was a phone right there where you, you know, like in in the bathroom. So I just pick it up. I, I thought it was probably somebody from concierge or something. Like hello, and it was Ozzy. He's like, "Hey man, it's me," and I'm peeing as I'm talking to him. <laughs> like, oh my god! It's like, oh, it's you. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and um, you know, he just basically wanted to say hello and break the ice, just to tell me that. You know, like don't don't worry about it tomorrow. Just uh, if you if you make any mistakes, don't worry about it. It's, it's rock and roll. It happens. You know, just play with your with all your heart. And uh, you know, I, I have a good feeling about this. And I'll see you tomorrow. And um, and that was cool, man. It broke the ice right away. And um, and then the next day, he came, you know, I went to the to the rehearsal room and and I hung out with uh, with Blasco and Tommy, who were gonna play you know they, they were i mean tommy tommy clafetta was was not in the band he was helping us to he was helping blasco for the audition and uh we played the songs we run through the songs a couple of times and then ozzy came down and just like anybody man like he's such a big star you know he's such a big aura in the room when he walks in you know i was starstruck of course you know hmm. uh, and uh but he's a pretty chill guy he's really cool and and super funny as well, you know, like in the, within a, a minute or two, he'll crack a joke, you know. Oh, I, I, I can only imagine, uh, only imagine, you know, because I want to revert back to, to so the, the... Thanks to ahead, the Osbournes, we don't have to imagine. I was just about to say, yeah, I was thinking that. <laughs> we know what he's like kind of every day. They just showed a clip of the, um, uh, I don't listen to the Osbournes podcast, but I watched, I see clips and there was a conversation between Kelly, Sharon, and Ozzy about the word goat. <laughs> I and, saw that, yeah. Yeah, and, and Kelly's like, if someone calls you the goat, that's good. He's like, goat? <laughs> Fucking goat. <laughs> it's, just like, yeah. it's, 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 it's so funny. But it's, it's obvious of why you would want to work with, there are a variety of reasons why you would want to work with somebody like Ozzy. But to go back to you into Firewind, starting out with the foundation as a guitarist, what do you look for in a lead singer when you are writing those riffs and when you are putting Firewind together? Who, who like, who do you look for that can properly uh, vocalize, you know, what you're trying to get across with the instrument? Like, what do you look for in a lead singer, whether it's, you know, current Firewind or whoever you collaborate with? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, uh, I always... For me, it's not uh, about how technical a singer can get, even though I really like technical singers. So, I mean, I'm going to drop some names here. Like if we're talking about 
people like Bruce Dickinson or, or, or Rob Halford or people like that or Dio, you know, like I'm, I was, I'm really into those types of classic metal singers. Um, but you know, I like powerful voices and uh, you know, that, that have, that can deliver, I don't know, that can deliver the, the message with power, but also with feel. Um, and I have a tendency to like guys that have a sort of like a raspy raspiness to their voice. And I think a lot of the singers that we have had in firing over the years have had that, those types of similar ingredients, you know, and, um, or similar elements to their voice. Uh, wow. But yeah, it, it's also, it's also a thing like it either clicks or it doesn't like you either, you, you listen to somebody and you either go like, Oh yeah, I like this mm-hmm. or you don't. It has to do with the tone of the voice, I guess. Um, because we've worked with you know, Firewind is a band that has had a, quite a few singers actually over the years, but uh, but you know we've also we've also auditioned other guys and checked other guys out and they were amazing, and it just you know didn't feel like it was the right person even though they could execute the stuff perfectly. Was there ever? And to me, okay, sorry, sorry, and one more thing, it's also not about like the um, their style and everything, but it's also. Uh, I'm always interested in, in, in working with singers who can write as well. Because mm. I, I, I'm very old school in the fact that I I, I, um, I make the riffs, I make the music arrangements, but then I send it to the singer and I, I like to be surprised. I like to, I, I, I live for that moment when I get a demo back from the singer and I hear like a vocal line over my riff and it's just, it lifts the song up. That's what I, that's what I'm looking for. Okay, I like that. And I'm gonna use this comparison. Uh, this was a couple of years ago. I had the lead singer Rod Jackson, who did the second Slash the Snake Pit record, and he was tell- talking about the story of the audition. And there was like three hundred singers. One of them was Chris Cornell, but of course they ended up on with Rod Jackson. And I'm just thinking, like, how do you pass over Chris Cornell? But it may not have been the right fit for that. So I'm kind of using this as a parallel or comparison to Firewind. So has there ever been like a big name? that auditioned for Firewind, but you're like, you know what? Then it becomes something else. Then maybe I really like working with this person, but if I were to hire this this big lead singer, this is going to be more than Firewind. It's going to become the Gus and Insert Name Here project. Has that ever happened? No, not really. Okay. Um, No, not like in in a term of an audition, you know? Okay. Um, I mean, I once had a discussion a long time ago when we were on a hiatus, basically, because after our singer left in 2013, the band went on a hiatus for about four years. Like, uh, when we talk about the longevity, longevity of firing, we sometimes I forget that we were inactive for a few years. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, at some point I, I talked to uh, Jorn Lunde about doing something together, um, who's a um, great singer, great, great singer, uh, Jorn Lunde. He's a Norwegian singer, but you know, it was one of those things where, you know, Jorn had his own career and he wanted to do something together with me, but it would probably would not have been, it would not have become Firewind. Um, I ended up writing a song for one of his albums and, uh, you know, playing a couple of solos for, for his album. And, but yeah. Are there any instrumentals on this upcoming album or is it all with a singer? No. No instrumentals? No, no, it's, it, it's no instrumentals. No, I mean, I've, I've, I've taken that part now over, t- I've, I've carried that over onto my solo records because I just put out like two years ago, I did a solo record, which was all instrumental. 
And uh, I think I kind of found a way to separate the two now <laughs> because like I had put the firing on hold for a while and was making solo records and then firing I brought firing back and then kept on doing solo records. And, um, and I enjoyed making this uh, instrumental album during lockdown. And, uh, you know, firing had had the occasional instrumental track here and there on the records, but, uh, I kind of don't feel the need for that anymore as I'm, I do have my solo band and solo project to to experiment with that and do other things. Okay. So, because so Firewind, I mean, we have a we have a we have a great singer anyway. So. <laughs> oh sure, because you know why? Whenever I think of Firewind, though, and I, and I laugh because I looked up this song, the history of this song before I spoke was speaking with you today, uh, SKG, and I love that track and hearing you talk about it, how you accidentally lifted a riff from Careless Whisper. Is that is that? what happened was that the song that i'm thinking of oh there was a song you're like you sped up the tempo and you're like this this was like wham i didn't mean to do this you know but it was it could be it's a it's an old it's a you know a few years back that that now that that's the instrumental track but it's just one of my favorites and i just wanted to mention that to you at least but uh, i guess thought there was I, i was like i was not expecting that like I never even hear careless whisper in there, but you're, you can mask it with your speed and and how you play. So yeah. it's pretty. I probably I, pl- I probably passed like this the, those notes like somewhere like as I was soloing. I probably I know what the part you're referring to. I have to go back and listen. I've been listening to it in years, but it's probably some small part in there where I just okay. played a little bit of that melody. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, but it's wh- kind of funny you mentioned instrumentals because like one of our more most popular songs is a, a song called "The Fire and the Fury," which is instrumental and it's like one of those songs that we have to play every time when we you know it's like a staple on the set list so i got a new appreciation for the instrumental and i'm curious of your opinion of him uh from buckethead uh i, I he i became a fan of his i, I wasn't aware until guns and roses and i've seen buckethead live since and because I'm, I'm usually like a lyrics guy, a voice guy. I like the raspy voice, like Axel. It is what it is. But yeah, uh, he opened the doors to, for Gus, for me to really expand my listenership. So, do you know Bucket at all, or or just have an opinion on his playing? I, I don't know him personally. No, I mean I know who he is, of course. Yeah, um, yeah. he's. I mean he's an insane player, incredible player. Um, so, but but you know, like for me, you know, just the, his whole. Thing, you know it's just too weird for my taste you know like <laughs> okay. with the bucket and the nunchucks and like the like all that whatever dance moves and stuff it's just like okay you know what i mean like <laughs> i do i'm weird so i like it but i i do and yeah. it's not everyone's cup of tea i appreciate that but somebody who is more of everyone's cup of tea and, and maybe connie you can uh help me ask this because you have more of a connection to another guns N' roses guitarist and that would be Slash. So, uh, Connie, do you want to talk about or ask about Ozzy and Friends and the experience that Gus had? Yeah. Uh, back in uh, the last time I saw you play live, it was uh, 2012. Okay. And it was the tour where you came as Ozzy and Friends. Yeah. And it was that tour that uh, Slash was uh, guesting every night. Yeah. So you probably toured together. And we wanted to ask how was that? Because this is a Gazeros podcast, obviously. So how was that? How was meeting yeah, Slash? No, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was great. You know, and, and I'm, I'm a huge fan of Slash. You know, it was, I, I, I'm gonna go back a little bit and 
you know, when I said And also uh, Zach Wilde, of course, he was a part of the tour and Gizzard Butler, we should mention yes. this. Because it, yes. it was a big thing. Black Sabbath was supposed to do it. Yes. They cancelled and then it, it became a thing as Aussie and Friends. And then yes, they, they it was, all came uh, up and you shared the stage with People who were like, it's not only Aussie, it's like everyone's up there. It's, it's like a childhood fantasy, basically. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That, that was crazy, crazy, crazy time. I mean, yeah, it was like uh, because Tony Aomi had cancer and uh, and the yeah. Sabbath tour got postponed and then they they didn't want to cancel it. And so so Aussie decided to do this thing called Aussie and Friends. And yeah, I mean, his friends are A-list guys. You know, pretty, <laughs> <they're>, <laughs> he, has some, he has some very important friends. So, uh, I mean, when I saw also the list, like who's gonna be on tour with us, I was like, oh man, <laughs> what, like what? Why? Why am I on here? Like, what am I gonna be? Why? Why do they need me for on this one? But it was it was a lot of fun, and you know, I, I I'll never forget like growing up and watching Slash on on MTV on on the video "You Could Be Mine" because I was as a kid I was such a big Schwarzenegger fan and Terminator and. Same. That's the, yeah, and like I remember, like watching the video of Schwarzenegger going into this rock show, and I was like, "Yeah, he's gonna shoot everybody." <laughs> and then, like, <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then he's like, "You see Slash, and he's just such an icon." And like, that's like one of my one of those like images that stuck in my head as a kid that made me want to. We're exactly the this. same age, and that was everyone's reaction. <laughs> Like what's going to happen now? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, anyways, but yeah, meeting Slash was really cool. Such a really nice guy and very inspiring because, uh, you know, when I it wasn't until I met him and I saw how hardworking he was as a as a guy. Like he was on two parallel tours at the same time. He was touring with Ozzy and Friends and his solo band. He and, is a workaholic slash. It's, yeah, it's, he went yeah. from alcoholic to workaholic. It's pretty amazing. That, that guy doesn't stop, man, and 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 it was incredible. Uh, so and and he was super cool, man. Like we 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 would meet sometimes at like at the hotels for breakfast and stuff. And of course, I I think I I just busted his balls about guitars one time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but he was always nice, you know. He was always super nice. Um, I don't know, just really easygoing guy, really nice, and just like a uh, one of those people that are. I mean, of course, this, besides the fact that he's an icon, just like an an example of 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 uh, hard work and dedication and love for music, you know. And I and I could see that, like how much passion he had, because because like you know you have to you have to think like a guy like me coming from the underground and then all of a sudden like being on a tour like that. I'm I, I was thinking. Do these guys like you always have to think like do, do these guys care as much about this or is it mm. like like okay they just care for like a big paycheck money and fame but, and all of that yeah 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 but it was really cool to see that how, how much it's like when you meet all your heroes you just realize they're just guys that just love playing guitar <laughs> just like you just like you, Gus. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, just like just just like any guitar player, you know, it's sure. like it, you, you can have those nerdy conversations about that Gibson Les Paul or that that guitar, that amp, and oh, what happened to that amp, and what about those pickups? And it's like 
like those conversations were ahead a lot, you know. So. I love it. No, I love those. The, that, that's that's fun that you guys are just talking, yeah. talking shop. Uh, yeah. Oh, and one and one and one more thing. He, I don't know if you knew, he had a he has a, a flight case for his hat. Oh, yes. It was a guy who was carrying like a a, a hard case for his, the, his hat was in there. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. <laughs> that 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 hat is not going into uh, a normal luggage. Did he carry only one? Yes, yeah, there was one hat. I mean, that's the one I saw. It was like a carry-on piece. One hat. Was a, so the assistant was carrying it like in a fl- on a on a on a hard case, that, and the hard case was shape of the hat. <laughs> it's being carried around like the Stanley Cup. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Oh, that. Exactly. Was there an assistant? Oh, you're skipping. Whose sole duty was that? Carry the hat. Oh, sorry. Was there someone to uh, just carry the hat and do nothing else? Just a, a guy for that. Yeah, he, he was a guy who he was his a security guy. So I think he was just security oh, okay. overall. But he, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you never know. I mean, Snoop has somebody just hired to uh, roll his blunts. So maybe there's somebody right. who just carries Slash's hat. You never know. It was a good. That's question. hard work. That's a lot of work. <laughs> that is a lot of work. <laughs> uh, and before we go back into Firewind, and let me uh, wrap up because GNR themed podcast. That's why I asked, prior to working or, or touring with Slash, have you ever uh, seen Guns N' Roses in concert, ever gotten to a Guns N' Roses show? And uh, on top of that, because I've never heard this rumor, but I'm just curious, because uh, I interviewed Trev Lukather uh, last episode, who's the son of Steve, and mm-hmm. we found out that he tried out for Guns N' Roses back in like 2005, 2006, auditioned, and oh. obviously didn't get it. I'm assuming we would have heard your name pop up, but is that something when like a big band is looking for a guitarist? Do you get wind of that? Fire wind of that to be punny, but do you get wind of a? <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help myself. Do you? Do you... <laughs> I'm embarrassed. That was bad. I was. Bad. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah, that's cool. Do you get? Do you get wind of that when when a band like Guns N' Roses, like with Ozzy? Do you get wind? Like do you? Because you're no. no? Do you, you don't hear about no, that? Not. No, no, maybe maybe not because I'm I'm not in LA. You know, I live in in a ah. small city in Greece, so I, I'm not I'm not in those circles. Um, okay. So anytime somebody has ever called me up in my life was just out of the blue, uh, without me knowing, and that was the case also with Ozzy. I just got an email out of the blue one night, um, and I didn't know why and how the hell and who <laughs> and what and how they found me and why me and and, and like. <laughs> it was just a mystery. So, yeah, I don't, uh, I've never, like, and it was the same, like, also when I when I was a touring guitarist for Arch Enemy for a while, you know, I just got an email. I had no idea that they were looking for a guitar player. And usually bands, unless they put out some kind of announcement, public announcement, like, you won't know. It's Usually they'll keep it, like, in their own circle or they have their own, their own people scout others and make some kind of short list okay i think that's how it goes pretty much not like uh the smashing pumpkins now who are putting out like a exactly. worldwide audition <laughs> okay yeah i think ten thousand people signed up for that right yeah i wonder how many of them are good <laughs> yeah yeah i mean but again, i think they're coming here with tom morello oh yeah yes yeah tom morello is guesting on that oh okay okay oh. uh so, so there's that 
in addition to the the new Firewind uh, record, and there of course there are a couple of singles out now, uh, Salvation Day and uh, Come Undone. People could check out. You guys are going out on tour. What's your favorite, th- most favorite thing about going out on tour? Do you have a favorite place of the world you like to to go? Um, do you like coming to the states, which is where you're going to be? Um, I love America. I love America. We have to say that. <laughs> yeah. With a Borat accent. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm nice. I like. I like. I, when I come to America, I buy a new wife. Uh, no, I, <laughs> I, I mean, no, I, I like America, of course. I like touring in America. Uh, but like any it's states? Cool. Like any, like, I know you can't like, it's no offense to any other state, but do you have like a... I don't know. Do you like going out to the West Coast because it's sunny? Do you like going to New York because of how busy it is? Do you like the middle of the country because it's, you know, the, the salt of the earth kind of people? Do you, or does it matter to you? I, I, I enjoy different parts of America for different reasons, kind of like you mentioned. New York is a different vibe for sure. You, you cannot find that anywhere in the world. It's unique. Uh, it's also crazy traffic, and it's, it's, uh, it's a bitch to get in and get out. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yeah, the shows are always cool, but just getting in, getting in there, it's it's uh yeah, it's a pain in the ass. Uh, I do love the warmer climates, though. Uh, you know, being Greek, so you know, it's always cool when, when we go down south, like either like Texas or 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 uh, West Coast. You know, California. I like Portland. Different vibe there. Um, like different different cities, man. I, I like different pockets in the U.S. for for. For different reasons, right on. Um, I love that, and I and I like it how convenient it is there. Like when you're traveling so many miles through the country, it's it's like you, that's something that if you haven't been to America, you don't know. Like you have these big rest areas, you can you can find like these big uh, yeah. gas stations where you can even go in there, take showers, and hang yeah. out and buy whatever you want, and and um, yeah. You can go to Cracker Barrel, which you can only find somewhere in the middle of the country. <laughs> Cracker Barrel. I didn't expect that reference. Beautiful. I love that, Gus. Yeah. That's very American, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, that and Fuddruckers. You could have been any, any of those. Yeah, but that's that's brilliant. Uh, I got some rap because I, I know I can't keep you here forever. And, and, and uh, Connie, think of some last-minute questions. But I got some rapid-fire questions from listeners, if you wouldn't mind. Uh, this is from Dirk who is from Germany, uh, can you ask him which Ozzy song was the most challenging to learn? Oh. Um, I can't think right now. Sorry, it slips my there mind There wasn't right one you were like, oh, crap, I can't get this. You know, it was nothing like that or... No, or I mean, I mean, there were there were there were parts where I couldn't really figure out what it was because I I, I figure out by ear, you know, like I don't I didn't do any uh, tabs or anything, mm-hmm. so there were some parts that I, I wasn't sure. So I would look at try to find YouTube videos, bits and pieces there to see if, like how Randy Rhodes played this or that, and uh, it's okay. Hard to say right now. Yeah, I'll I'll let you think on that if it comes to you. Just shout it out. <laughs> yep. This is okay. uh, this is from uh, Lee Dixon. Your favorite song from Scream. He thinks uh, "Digging Me Down" is the most underrated Ozzy song ever. Wow, so, it's a, it's definitely an underrated song. Um, I actually I came up with that uh, acoustic intro part. 
because um, I remember Kevin Chorka, the producer, wanted to create this. That's kind a great of part, epic... by, by the way. <laughs> oh, thank you. Great part. Ke Amazing. Kevin asked me. Kevin asked me to come up with uh, some kind of a dire of a madman type of intro, like an epic acoustic intro that leads into the song. And uh, yeah, I came up with that part, and then he had the rest of the song, of course. Um, but yeah, that's that's a good song. Um, Do you include any of those on your live set? Any of those songs from the album? We the, the Aussie we, album. We play, you mean on on the Aussie show? We, we only played we only played "Let Me Hear You Scream." No, 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 no. Your show. Do you play any of those? Oh on no, your no, I don't. No, I don't. Okay. You, you don't yeah i don't know i haven't i haven't thought about that <laughs> is there an, uh, another question this is from uh, because the the album is really good it's amazing that uh, if it came any other time the music industry was weird back then if it came any other time i think it would be considered one of the classics for Could sure be, i don't know maybe it was a bit too modern for that time maybe today would have been Different. I don't know. I don't know. But it's uh, a heavy album. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. It's definitely heavy. It's very heavy. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Yeah. One of the. One of the some of those reasons sure. are. Yeah. Yeah. But. It's, I guess speaking. Great of, riffs. Great music. And speaking of uh, on the theme of it, and one of the, the guitarists that you replaced, uh, Zach Wild, who you did the Ozzy and Friends tour with. This is a question from Leo. Has there ever been talks of a Black Label Society Firewind tour? Uh, no, no, unfortunately not because I love Zach and I, I love, uh, BLS and, um, that would be, that would be a cool tour. I mean, different audiences there, you know, cause Firewind has a more kind of like traditional or power metal audience, European metal audience. And I think Black Label is more like the stoner rock thing, I don't know, <laughs> hey. but that would be a cool crossover and it would definitely be. A night full of guitar solos. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I mean, I would, I would love to to tour with uh, Zach again. You know, he's he's great. Yeah. Oh, right on. And uh, he and he's been very good. And, and he was very cool to me. You know, at, uh, during those times when we met, and very cool, and told me a lot of stories, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and and he's also a hilarious guy, super funny guy. He does love to talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he has the stories too, and uh, and. Uh, and I'm a good listener. <laughs> He's on, just like you. I, I crossed you off my my wish list, Gus. I, I, Zach Wild. Hopefully, I get on the podcast in in the future as as well. Yeah, I'm uh, sure you can. Yeah, you will. Yeah. Connie, any um, last questions? Feel free to ask it in Greek if if you need to. No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> Don't do that to your listeners. We won't do that. <laughs> okay. I have a guitar question. Okay. Actually. Go ahead. Because yeah. I sound myself. Uh, do you use plugins on the album? Because uh, nowadays lots of people do it because they say that it's uh, indistinguishable from actual amplifiers. Uh, what's yes. your uh, take on that? Um, yeah, we do use plugins. I think a lot of the tones are plugins. Uh, I think okay. uh, Dennis, who Dennis Ward, who mixed the album, I think he reamped because I sent the, the, the DI uh, signals the clean signal to the guitar. I yeah, think yeah, he yeah. reamps, he reamps some of the tones and then okay. I think for the Yeah, for but the that's a different sounds, thing than using plugins. I know. That's the sound of an actual amplifier. Yes, it is. Yes. But I think for the lead tones especially, I think also for the rhythms on this record, 
he used a bunch of plugins and honestly yeah okay. I, I cannot tell the difference really okay. uh, i can I, I can only tell the difference when i'm playing through one because it doesn't feel the same as playing through okay. a real yeah. tube yeah. amplifier but like the tone like if you don't like just hearing it nowadays they, yeah. they've gotten so, so good that you can't tell comes out as <laughs> okay it's like kind of like a blend of both yes what you used yeah, yeah, I yeah. think so. Yeah, yeah. And as a non-musician, that was all Greek yeah. to me. I, <laughs> I had to do it once. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> thank. You. That was another reason why I wanted Connie on because I know he's also a guitarist and could talk like that with you. I, I'm not going to pretend. I probably sounded like an idiot before. Oh, you're playing fast. I, I don't. I don't know. So but that's, I, see, that's the thing. You put two guitar players together, and you it, it can they can get really nerdy really quickly. <laughs> you know, so. Really, really fast. Hey, I I, I love it, man. No, I, I love it. We're we, worse than the guys with the motorcycle. <laughs> well, uh, Firewind's new record. They can nerd out, but we nerd out more. <laughs> <laughs> Firewind's new record, uh, Stand United, comes out March 1st. Nine brand new songs, uh, which include the cover of a pop rock classic, uh, The Romantics, uh, Talking in Your Sleep. Great song. Uh, it's actually the last question. How did you decide on that to cover that? For a couple of reasons. First of all, we couldn't agree on a cover with the band because like we wanted to record a cover, but like all the eighties stuff, all the eighties pop songs have already been done like so many times, like overdone by all the metal bands. Mm -hmm. And every time somebody would say, Oh, how about this? Oh yeah. But so-and-so did it. And then like one day I was driving around and like, Talking in your sleep. I don't know about America. I think it was a hit in the '80s, there, right? Yeah, a huge uh, new wave boom. Yeah, absolutely. So here, it's like a, it's like a still some kind of like it's it's like a radio song that comes up on classic rock radio all the time. Mm -hmm. So when I drive around town, it's always it always comes up. And one one of those days, I was just driving around and it came up, and I thought, how about this one? That's a cool song. And uh, I suggested it to the guys, and everybody turned out that they loved the song and yeah all of a sudden it became a really uh you know it was a no-brainer so we just did a metal version of it oh i love it well uh gus g thank you so much for your time i really appreciate you know the you just being so cool uh, you know in addition to just all the great music you've given us throughout the you know throughout the years it's uh thank i really you, just appreciate how easy it is to talk with you uh and i hope we get to do this again Anything that we need to find, Firewinds on all the social media platforms. It's uh, firewind.gr. That's the website, right? Yes, correct. Okay. Uh, and anything else from uh, uh, you want to get out there, Connie? Before because this, this opportunity. Any any other last questions to ask? Anything in Greek? It's okay. You can do it. <laughs> say Firewind rules and like say the, say, give me something. An honor of the rule. They do. Okay. <laughs> We're hoping to catch the show if you come by Athens. We'll definitely do that. All right. I think I lost you again. So, okay. can you repeat? He said when you, yeah. uh, if you're coming to come by Athens We're again. We're hoping to catch the show if you play in Athens this time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We definitely will be back in Athens, as always. So, yeah. Sweet. Well, Gus, thank you so much for your time, and I yeah. hope we get to do this again. See you there. Thank you, guys. Have a good night or a good day. Yes, where you yeah. are. 
you take care and uh, Connie, Connie you hang on we're gonna talk for a bit but uh, thank you so much Gus okay. alright thank you Brando good Bye. night guys see ya so that was a lot of fun. I appreciate. I was. I was yeah. trying to. Sorry, I didn't mean to like push you to talk Greek, but I thought that would have been a nice little. Uh, I don't know international flavor yeah, here. I did in the end. Yeah, it was. It was, it was cutting in and out, but whatever. It's it, it's fine because I. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, my connection is bad today. I don't know why. No, it's okay. It, it, it happens. But he's a cool guy. He's a everybody over here. Like, actually, a lot of people uh, claim to know him. But uh, everyone says that, uh, that comes with celebrity, I guess. Right. Like everyone claims to be his friend. But uh, uh, those who actually do know him always say the best. Like he's a cool guy. I didn't expect anything else. I, I love doing, and this is another example, an interview where I become a bigger fan of the person afterwards. And that's the case because yeah, yeah. he's just really approachable, really nice, friendly. Nothing was off limits to talk about. Not like there was anything that serious to talk about anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I appreciate you, um, you Connie, volunteering to, no, to do this. It's always nice to be back. It's so always cool. Remind to be back. me, because my, look, I got married like a year and a half last summer. I have a baby. I'm lucky I remember yeah. this morning. Who was the, <laughs> what was the okay. episode that we did together? I have no, I don't even remember. Who is the, who are you co-host? We've done two. We've done two. Look at it. One, one was the brain interview. That's the second one. Yes. You interviewed brain a couple of times. Yes. The sec, one was the brain interview, the second one. Yes. And the other one was the review of the Guns N' Roses show in Athens this summer. That's right. That's right. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Now yeah. I got, and that's, it's all coming back to me now. Yeah, of course. And that brain interview, one of the yeah, best yeah, episodes yeah. that we've ever done. Uh, and that reminded yeah, me because yeah, I was, was, I was cutting up because uh, on YouTube and all my social media, I've been cutting up uh, highlights, like one minute highlights of older interviews for people to relive them. And I'm cutting up. Of course, brain has a lot of nuggets in those interviews and I'm hearing your voice too. Yeah, like, but the, the, the bad thing is that uh, our interview back then was not uh, it was not video. No, it's no. only sound. Yeah, that's, because that started after the quarantine. You started that. Yeah, that's that's very true. I because I didn't realize. I'm like podcasting yeah, I, is. I wish we had video. It would be amazing. I know if we had it in video. I I would look. Obviously, I would love to get brain on again. I I just don't know <laughs> with all the the stuff that's going on in the Guns N' Roses management world if that's ever going to happen. Because brain's cool, but he's obviously still tight. Not only he's cool, they kept his drum parts. So that's what I mean. They kept his drum parts. So I don't know. Which is weird after all these years. Right? Like not have Frank redo them. Well, they yeah, kept yeah. it on the general, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, which was, uh, we learned. That on was the, all three, uh, all, I think on all uh, the new songs they have Brain On. That's amazing. It's, it's so, all his parts. It's so, it's so interesting how they don't have the actual band other than Slash and Duff redo it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it, it, it is quite fascinating and yeah i'm probably gonna do another review episode about because i've already done two review Speaking episodes of slash, Go ahead, buddy. you know what the news is today oh he what a, uh the dandy warhol released a song with the dandy warhols yeah yeah did you see that i did you know what's so funny i'll have to reach out i always get these email 
requests and it kind of happened with Gus G too when someone's promoting yeah. something and I get the Dandy Warhols a lot I'm like I don't really know okay. much about them they don't I don't know if they have any GNR connection now they do so now I gotta read <laughs> well they actually do yeah so I'll, I'll see if I can get somebody from the Dandy Warhols to uh, come on the on the podcast it's a cool song as well the have, guitar playing is really cool I have not because it fits it the song all right it fits the song perfectly it's a kind of like a heavy thing it's uh, they always play kind of like, like a 70s thing but now they sound like black sabbath <laughs> it goes to show you just how busy and it goes back to what gus was saying about how hard slash works like he yeah, yeah. he's on tour right now and just got off the guns yeah. roses tour on his own his own tour now uh and he's I mean, I, I can't imagine it took that much, that long. It wasn't like he was recording with them. I'm sure he probably recorded this solo separately. But the fact that he's still yeah, putting out things, uh, he's just a nonstop. That's why the, it goes back to the old South Park joke that Slash isn't real because <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, cause he's everywhere. He's absolutely everywhere. <laughs> and I, I may do because to talk about um, more Slash because I like what he did in the general. I might have to do a, a general review part three which includes yeah, the video because yeah. there's so much to talk about with the video. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and I did reach out to, was it Creative Works London for an interview? Uh, I got, I pretty much got a no, but not directly. They responded like, oh, we have some good interviews coming up with publications. I'm like, oh. Okay. <laughs> okay, so that's a no. So okay. we can actually have a back and that's forth. That's a weird way to say no. It's fine. I mean, we can have a nice back and forth. But probably just like with Brain, I can imagine I can picture it them being like to Fernando, "Hey, can we do this interview with Appetite for No, 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 him <laughs> shutting it down. Uh, I, I, I try, I try to lose all the bitterness. It's, you know what? It's not even bitterness. It's sadness because these are opportunities that yeah, yeah. Pe that people want to to share on the podcast, to share with fans. That I would have fans come also, on. It's whatever. What what uh, has always happened is people are skeptical because they think it's only going to be Guns N' Roses and they end up enjoying the whole thing. Like uh, even people who have their doubts always end up like Gus Z, for example. Right. How, he, how much should we talk about Guns N' Roses with him? It was just a portion yeah. of it. The last five minutes, something like that. Yeah. So I did the same thing and we'll see. This goes, it'll show if this interview happens. Like uh, I put out a, a request for Kerry King from Slayer, and this oh, is really? and this is somebody that I've worked with before, uh, <laughs> as far as the person who's connecting me. And they're like, "Well, I don't know if they're going to want to do it because it's a Guns N' Roses podcast." I've actually seen that guy in person. Like he walked right by me. Oh yeah, you know, Athens is so true. Obviously, you know the like the Acropolis and all of that is in Athens. So we have a lot of tourists coming here and. We have uh, there's a spe specific area where we have a lot of celebrities coming by. Like I used to work there, and uh, we see a lot of people. And uh, I saw my brother saw once uh, Steven Tyler walk by, and flee some other time. <laughs> but so we have a lot. Of, and but one day Kerry King walked by me, and it was like a buffalo like <laughs> he was a buffalo. walking by. <laughs> like that guy is amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy has an amazing aura. <laughs> He's a big dude, so I would love to interview him. He's played with Slash. So yeah, and I, a smart guy. My brother talked to him, and he's a smart guy. Uh, and he says whatever he wants, which I, I Did love. Did you know... 
Did you know that he was a valedictorian in school? I did not know that. I did not know that. Wow. Yeah, he was. Goes to show Actually, you. He was. Don't look. Don't judge a book by its cover. Wow. Okay. Not that I thought he was an idiot, but I would never have thought that he was a valedictorian. I mean, that's <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> that's crazy. But that go, yeah. I, I use the same example uh, to this person that I said, "Hey, you could tell Kerry King's management. I, I do the same thing. Like this person also represents Dirty Honey. I'm like, when I have Dirty Honey on, is it like ninety percent of the conversation yeah. about Dirty Honey, and is like the the last about GNR? It would be the same thing." Okay, let's see if yeah. this happens. So it's just an ongoing battle, but I, that's why I really appreciate getting people like Gus G on and also somebody that is totally cool having a listener on, having a guest. You know, you, uh, yeah, yeah. I, 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 forgive me, I, I, I'm sure I've told this to you before, but whenever you're on, feel free to cut me off, tell me to shut up, you get in because it's just three friends talking. I don't want you just to... I hope you enjoyed yourself, that you weren't just sitting around watch, no, no, no. It's watching always, me talk. It's always cool. I always have a good time here. Okay, good. <laughs> but uh, he was, uh, Gatsby was on a roll today, so I, I didn't have to cut I didn't want to cut in. Yeah, and that, that even that's something I have to still tell myself is before I like, get on to the, like, I'm already sometimes thinking about the next question or I'm thinking about something they just said and I don't want to forget it, but I'm like, I need to be quiet yeah. and just let them finish. Let them finish, write it down, or think about it. So it's, I'll yeah. be, I, I get it. So that's why it's a, it's a very relaxed atmosphere. Guns N' Roses is just a theme. We talk about it every episode, but it's this depends upon how much in each episode. So that we'll, we'll see. We'll see what's to come on the future episodes, future guests, as we go more and more into uh, 2024. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. I appreciate the the great feedback from the Appetite for Discovery episodes where we're going to meet some younger bands, bands you may not know, but we're also, of course, still going to tie it into Guns N' Roses. But, Connie, I want you to say something, if you wouldn't mind, because you've this was really kind of you that you say this to me in uh, DM. You kind of uh, you, you check in on me and... Because uh, I've talked about on this podcast, because, yeah, GNR is the theme, but we talk about mental health. We talk about addiction. I think this past December, it might have been eight years, I think, since my last drink. Uh, okay. So how long has it been for you? It's three years now. Three years. Last week. It was three years last week. And uh, I have – I do this thing – like people don't know, but I do this thing where I have you, of all people in the world, as an unofficial sponsor. Like uh, I have to find, I had to find someone to tell them once each year that okay, I'm still doing this. So I found you. I'm just uh, messaging once a year, every third of February. That is what I have this thing I do. That is one of the best things. I just decided that you're the designated uh, uh, sponsor. <laughs> Truly one of the best things to come out of this podcast, Connie. And I can't thank you enough for doing that because this <laughs> this podcast as a whole has really helped me in my mental health and sobriety. And, you know, through it, just uh, it's I, I don't want to say it's kind of like, I don't want to say it's like how I met my wife, but. She came over like when I was recording an episode, and I remember that. And she's so supportive of this, and just having my my son here sometimes co-host with me, and 
having my life change since I stopped drinking. Now, I don't want to be fake and say like, okay, I do smoke weed, but that's something I have to be honest with about too, where it's just like, oh, that's okay. You can smoke weed. No, everything needs to be done in moderation. I've told my wife since the day I started dating her till now, if it ever becomes a problem, tell me to stop and I will will stop. It should never be like that. But I'm just... You know, I don't have a lot of uh, vices in life, so that's kind of like my <laughs> my, my big that and chocolate chip cookies, I guess. Yeah. Uh, see, see, I'm also <laughs> as, as addicted to chocolate chip cookies. I have to tell myself to stop. I could go through easily a sleeve of Oreos, <laughs> but then I'm like, my stomach is killing me. So everything, whether it's weed, yeah. even if you drink, yeah, like yeah, if, yeah. if you know, you don't. Maybe not sobriety is for everybody, but everything in moderation. That's what my therapist told it's me. It's probably the less harmful for your health of all the things you mentioned. It's probably the less of all evils. It is. It is. But I also want to be aware and, and let people know that it can be dangerous if you are not. You know, if you're driving while high, it could be as dangerous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just want also, people to be you aware. are getting help. I am like uh, you're in therapy, right? Yes, so, I, I did uh, stop, though, for so, uh, a few months, but I've gone back because I'm like, okay. I needed to talk to somebody. I'm like, because like now I'm a dad and I don't really have anyone to talk okay. to. I'm like, I need to talk to you about some things. So where I was going every other week, I'm going once a month now just to kind of catch up with her. So yeah, I, yeah. I need her. I need her in my well, life. So, But I'm so flattered, Connie, the fact that you think of me like that. I'm very proud of mine you. Mine is a similar Mine is a similar story because I, during this time I also became a dad, and uh, mine is two years now, two years old, the uh, the boy, and uh, you know that alone changes you. Like yeah. it's a it's a wonderful but also terrifying experience. It's terrifying, yeah, literally. <laughs> so uh, anything you do can end up in a disaster. <laughs> anything. I know. I know. Whatever you do. Whatever you do in your day can end up in a in a crisis or a catastrophe. <laughs> so it's better to do it sober. <laughs> I know, I know, like a hundred percent. Because let's just say my wife is taking care yeah. of him, but like I got to drive them to the hospital. God forbid something happens, and I'm drunk. I can't. Yeah. No, no, yeah. No. I can't, that I can't. was exactly my thought. Like I never want to be in a situation where I cannot drive. <laughs> yeah. Like. And I would never want my kid to see me like that. (laughs) That's why it's funny that uh, he he has the nickname of Baby Brownstone. I named him after a drug. (laughs) Kind of. What's your baby boy's name? A euphemism for a drug. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Mine, Thomas. Thomas. I love that. Uh, Yes. Actually, it's named after Tom Waits. (laughs) Oh, yeah? I like that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And also, it's not Thomas, which is the Greek version of Thomas. It's actually Thomas. Okay. <laughs> Thomas. Okay. I love it. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Everyone finds it weird because there's no other person which in Greece that has Thomas as their name. It's always Thomas. But for us, it's Thomas, like Tom Waits. <laughs> oh, I, I, that's, I love that. So yeah. I will forever remember, uh, yes, you, the episode with Brain, when the Guns N' Roses review... Athens, and so next time when you come on again, maybe we'll have Thomas and uh, Baby Brownstone, <laughs> Harrison Rex. They'll help us co-host, and that'll it'll then it'll be a whole big clusterfuck of a mess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe they meet in person one day. Hey, when you come on holidays, 
My wife is uh, quite the traveler. She is taking him to Mexico this week to go see oh, really? Dave, to go see Dave Matthews. She sees Dave him, Matthews, of course. Yeah, yeah. Of course. <laughs> she sees him once a year with a friend of hers, so they're taking him because I, I can't be left alone with him for a week. <laughs> I, I can't be a solo yeah, dad yeah. for a week. I just can't handle it. And then next year, we're going to go to London. To see Dave Matthews. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, she's gonna go. Well, she's gonna go solo, and I'll probably be back at the hotel with with uh, with Harrison. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's like, you're jealous. She just like, you just want to go to see Guns N' Roses in all these places. I'm like, yes. You know what? You're right. I want to see Guns N' Roses in Mexico, in Greece, in London. I want to see. So that's in the future. Yeah, yeah. Uh, international Guns N' Roses reviews. But uh, we're gonna do. Uh, I will say this coming up. You don't want to have to do that Grateful Dead thing. Oh. I follow the whole tour. <laughs> God, that's gonna be so expensive. <laughs> if they we're do... gonna, like they say, they're dead hits. We're gunheads, I guess. Gunheads, <laughs> Ro- rosebuds. Let's call each other. Well, we're, we're rosebuds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So I this this was fun. I'm glad we got to chat a little bit after Gus and this experience. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so now. Unlike everybody else in Greece, you could say that you know Gus. You could tell, say, hey, I got to actually talk with him, for real. Yeah. <laughs> so that does it for this episode of Appetite for Distortion. Uh, the conversation always continues in between the broadcasts, Facebook.com, uh, Twitter, X Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, email at the AFD show at gmail.com. Uh, please follow us on YouTube. We're working, and I say we, because it's uh, me, it's all international, so it's a G, G Hall, who does my who does my logo, my graphics. He did that whole DIY Izzy Stradlin documentary that's on YouTube. He is really helping me bring this podcast to where I wanted it to, to be for a few years now. So we are working on a website. We are working on an Appetite for Distortion uh, shop where you can buy merch. I'm gonna try, we're gonna come up with a cool Guns N' Roses kind of funny T-shirts, just like what every other podcast does that I'm so late in the game on. And and, <laughs> and speaking of the merch, if you go, they should be taking it down hopefully by the time that I post this episode. But there is a a Twitter or excuse me a uh, mugs. An, you should put out mugs. People love mugs. Mugs, all of that. But there's an Instagram account that for some reason put my logo on a, a t-shirt and is selling it so really? yeah you, you can't do that buddy <laughs> <laughs> so uh maybe it was an accident they maybe they thought it was a guns and roses logo but guns and roses fans on uh on instagram guns dot and dot roses dot ig and instagram they have almost ten thousand followers so i hope you have not bought the appetite for the source t-shirt off this person because it's not when there are real Appetite for Distortion t-shirts available, I will let you know. So anyway, uh, stay tuned. And until the next episode, when are you going to see it? In the words of Axel Rose concerning Chinese democracy, I don't know if soon is the word, but you'll see it. No! No! Yeah! Thanks to the lame-ass security, I'm going home. <laughs>